Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. Welcome everybody, it's New Year's Eve and it is episode 15 that we're on. It's been 16 weeks since we started this, 15 episodes out of 16, I'm totally happy about that. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy ride, yeah. like not, basically almost a podcast a week when we had the into space episode that delayed us a lot we got behind there and then my wife just had surgery and then a blood clot and so that put us back we had finished recording a podcast last week and i couldn't get it all edited out because it just got crazy here with the family but here we are recording yeah. episode 15 finishing off 2016 with style Ooh. so today we're talking about the gear that we've used for 2016 i'm going to go through 10 items that i've used this year brendan will go over 10 items that he used mm-hmm. and we're going to make this really snappy back and forth back and forth two minute, one minute blurbs about the gear that we use, what we liked about it, what were some of the cons. If you're listening to the podcast right now, go over to our YouTube channel, find us, just search Photog Adventures and you will see us. We're putting this up today and you can watch what we're talking about. Or if you're in a car and you can't do that right now, you can listen to the audio of it and hear our descriptions of everything, but visually it'll be better if you can get out there to the YouTube channel. Yeah, I just hope you guys find some value in the things that we've learned and things we've used in this last year. So for you podcast listeners, we're going to introduce this a little little bit again on the video, but don't worry, bear with us. We'll get right into the meat of the content. Hey everybody, it's Photog Adventures here, Aaron and Brendan. We're going to go ahead and real quick give you a 2016 review of all the gear that we have used in our astrophotography, our landscape photography. We want to give you a quick rundown of the stuff that we've liked and loved and the things that maybe you should avoid buying when you're going out there for astrophotography. So let's get started. This is the Manfrotto Junior 410. This thing is very bulky as you can see like these my hands are big and this thing is just massive Okay, what I like about it is the the unique ability to turn gears It's got nice dial readout on each side the con big con to this is the weight the weight of this thing is pretty heavy But the pro side of it is I can finally tune and tweak my scene and as you can see the difference between my head and Aaron's head I mean this thing feels like featherweight. <laughs> yeah, you know this exactly feel that I mean Heft the difference between those two. <laughs> I can't even hold it's, yours. It's ridiculous. Okay, this is a so, watermelon and this is holding an apricot. Yeah, it's like baby versus ape, you know? <laughs> so, um, but besides the weight being a downside, the plus side, everything else is a plus. So I really like it. I've enjoyed using it and I'm excited to use it more in 2017. So my tripod head, I'm using a Acrotec GP ball head. Crazy light, crazy easy to work with. One of the benefits of this guy is right here it comes apart and you can pop this off, put this on top and use this stand on your tripod and then this becomes a nice panoramic head. So you can do a panoramic really easily and you can focus on the lines and the numbers that they have right here. I haven't used it that way yet. Here's the big con. If I try and tweak something, here's my composition and I need to move myself just a little bit to the right. I have every every possible direction to turn this guy and I'm just trying to grab my camera and push it a little bit the direction I wanna go and this guy can go any direction on me. So while I'm tweaking one axis, I'm actually tweaking two, three, four all at the same time. 
Brendan's gearhead, that thing only turns one axis at a time. So big con to ball heads versus gearhead, but the big pro is crazy difference in weight. The Acrotec GP ball head specifically, the pro of this one, is that if you're looking at it, you can see how it has a very open frame. You can get right to the ball head from every angle. There's no lubricant. There's nothing like that that you need to worry about. And so when I'm trying to clean this up after being out near a salty area, being out in a muddy area, or just dust is everywhere, one time, mud flats, we got crazy muddy. This thing was covered in it, and all we had to do was wipe it down with water. Yeah, and super easy. Super easy to clean. Very easy to clean. So I love this guy. Very lightweight. Totally recommend. So I, I'm rolling with the Manfrotto. Um, it's an older model. I think they have much newer ones that are very similar in design. But uh, I picked this up at an auction a couple years ago. So this is the 3021BN. So they have much newer version of these. But um, I like it because... Uh, it's it's all aluminum. It's fit. It's I mean it's still a hefty tripod as far as weight is concerned. Yeah. But because of the weight, it's it's really sturdy. You know. So the same as the high as the head. You know. The downside is is that it weighs a lot. But the pro is that because it has that extra heft to it, you can really you know stick it on some loose gravel or something, and it's just not going to move. This middle chamber chamber is a lot shorter than usual, it usually goes down about here. Now the reason I modified this is because one of the cons. I can't really change the weight that much, but I could cut this thing down because I've, I realized that a lot of times we were taking pictures of the lake and I don't want to extend this thing out to a rock and stick my other legs into the water, but then guess what? This thing was sticking down oh, yeah, too far. The center far. column is the worst. The center column was sticking down and I couldn't get my composition the way I wanted it because I couldn't get my legs low enough. So good tripod. Um, we'll put a link in the description for the newer version of this. My tripod, much different situation. This is a whole lot more expensive. We didn't talk about the difference in the cost between his Manfrotto and mine, but I can tell you right now, if any of you are trying to invest in a tripod that's going to last you for five years or more, the Faisal CT3442 is a great option for you. It is an investment though. It costs $400 to get this tripod. It's carbon fiber, so it makes it very, very light. It's the big thing difference between his Manfrotto is that the weight, I just don't have the weight. This thing is tiny. Put it on your bag, very simple to use, very nice weight. Pop out a leg, put it back in. Pop out a leg, put it back in. Nothing to it, very easy, completely recommend it. The cons. This guy, when you get out its tiniest of legs, you can see right here, this tiny leg, it flexes. The carbon fiber, when it's fully out, you put it on a rock formation and you will notice that all three of these will flex back and forth. And so while I can trust it to be sturdy in most situations, I found scenarios where if I put pressure on top of my camera, it would flex out like this. So it would sit like this and it would flex out a little bit back and forth. So I'd have to make sure I put the tripod down in a location that it was gonna keep it anchored from pushing out and then changing my framing. Totally recommend this tripod. Crazy light, crazy easy to use. Love it, Faisal, definitely recommend. Um, this is the model RJ-3000. So this thing actually, you got a couple, gotta get a couple of um, special batteries for it. So they're not double A's. So this is one downside to this light is that it takes these special um, 18605s or whatever, 18650. So it's like you can see it's a big, like a big double A. 
But the good thing is, is that these batteries last a long time. He you charge it. these guys up and they will last forever. I mean, I've had this thing on shining at an object all night long. And into the daytime when we woke up and checked it out, the light was still on. Very jealous. He had a time lapse going all night long and it kept it lit without a problem. I thought we'd wake up to it being dead, but not Yeah, at all. and these are just kind of standard milliamp hour. You can get higher milliamp hour batteries. So yeah. um, so I charged this guy up once and I've used it for like a like a month, you know, on and off for a month, and then I charge it again and I don't want it to go out on me. But um, yeah, it's this thing's really bright. It's got two settings. There's the normal setting bright, dim, and then red. And it's got two red LEDs. You can see how bright that thing is. When we take this thing out at night to do astrophotography, the red lights are almost as bright as the, the white light on this thing. So it's pretty intense. Mine is a J-Claw Tech. I use the J-Claw Tech because I found it on Amazon. Very inexpensive. It only has one light. It will have a red light that you can turn on. I pulled the batteries out to use it for our mic in this video, so I don't have any batteries in right now to show you the brightness. But major con of this is it uses AAA batteries. Why is that a con? Because everything else in my bag uses AA batteries. And so if you want to have batteries that are going to be universal for all the parts of the equipment you're using, it's nice if I had a AA battery headlamp instead of a AAA. But other than that, it's great, easy, works well. Our action cameras that we've been using are the GoPros. So we've got a GoPro Hero 4 Silver, a GoPro Hero 4 Session that we use for our balloon launch, and the Hero 4 Black with the extra battery pack that I have that we're using now for the top-down view. So um, pros and cons about the Session 4, man, tiny cube-like is awesome. You can put this thing anywhere. Um, weather sealed, it comes pre-built, weather, waterproofed, weatherproofed. And I can throw this thing in the bathtub, you know, and it's just awesome. Some of the cons I don't like about this really is the menu system is a little difficult to, to finagle. Um, it's got two buttons, but it's just kind of hard to figure out. Um, the, other thing I, the other thing I find difficult with this is the battery life. I bought this used, and I don't know how much it was used before I bought it. So the battery life isn't very good on this. I took it out skiing. I only got like one and a half runs, and this thing was exhausted. Yeah, it was so done. Because it took a lot of battery power to set this thing up originally, which was really hard to set up with my phone. It was a pain. But the pros are, if you like the session, if you like the size, you can't get any better than that. I mean, it just snaps in a nice little case. Stick it on your GoPro. Other accessories, it's pretty awesome. Pay attention to where the button is because that is the top orientation of your video. We put this thing up into space on its side and we didn't realize that till it was too late and so the resolution was set up in an orientation that was completely wrong. We wanted a different aspect ratio for where our wide of the screen was but was flipped on its side. It was like using your cell phone standing up. Yeah, so it will auto flip if you flip it completely around. It will auto flip but it won't do it on its side. <laughs> That's one thing we learned. GoPro Hero 4, Hero 4 Black. The, po the positive of the Hero 4 Silver is that that you have this display screen in the back. You didn't have to purchase anything extra to have this display screen. And then you can use this as a touch screen to control it. Love it, absolutely. When we're in the car and I'm watching footage of the area that we're driving past, I like to use this so that I can see what I have in frame and control that. The Hero 4 Black has an extra battery pack that he's plugged in back here. And that's the huge benefit and why we sent that one up into space because it had more battery life.
life and a guarantee. So also, if you want to use a high frame rate and do slow motion, you get a better frame rate on the Hero 4, it goes 240. Definitely recommend GoPros, action cameras, love them, look for them on the used market. This guy is refurbished, got it a lot cheaper, and it works fantastic. There's no problem or issues that I find with any of these used or whether or not they yeah, are they're brand Yeah, they're super new. durable. If you're looking for an action camera, they're really durable, so you really can't go wrong with that. I mean, if, you're, if you plan on taking stuff out into the wild, GoPro's way to go. So before we go too far, I wanna talk about what we're using to record our voices with. Right now, I am using a Zoom H1. This little guy is controlling the format that you're recording in, WAV or MP3. You can have an auto level for you. It has a low cut option, which is just a different way of changing some of the audio quality that I haven't figured out whether I'd want it. When I turn it on, I don't like the audio, I like it off. This guy is small, fits in your pocket. If I didn't have the lapel mic, it has two mics right here that I could use. This guy right here is a $100 device plus the Rode Lav microphone. This guy is another 60 or 70, so you're gonna be in 150 just to get these two together, but completely recommend them. They change the quality of our videos instantly. Yeah, and this thing is interesting because it's really light, super, super light, even with the batteries in it. fake, it feels like a toy because it's, it's really all plastic casing. The, it's just, it's not that great, the but outer casing. Durable. Very durable, yeah. and I can trust it, so I love that. And what I'm using is I'm using a wireless system. It's the XMW4. There's a transmitter and receiver, so there's two parts of this. So I've got this I can just clip on. I'm not tied to anything. I could walk all the way around the room or all around wherever. This thing's a pretty far range. I, I We've never really tested the range on this microphone. We never have to go too far away. But yeah, but the like for instance, the you know the recording task cam's over there on the other side of the room, and I'm just using this guy to wirelessly transmit my lapel mic, which came with the system. So. Um, I've been impressed with this thing. We've only used it a few times, but we are dedicated to use it more often because we're really happy with the results. And I think we're gonna buy another one just so we can both have wireless mics that tap into one receiver. So we're gonna test that out later next year. Yeah. And uh, 2017 is going to be cool because we're going to be able to do some more stuff in that regard. So yeah. So let's go into astrophotography. We're talking a lot about astrophotography, showing you videos of astrophotography. And let's talk a little bit of how we're light painting. And I use the EGTAC Clicky. It's the D25 LC2. Look at how small that is. When you see the picture on Amazon and you see how expensive it is, you kind of expected it to be this lightsaber that you're holding. No, it's this tiny little guy, which is awesome for when you're hiking. Very awesome. This guy has multiple settings of brightness. This guy comes with a giant battery like you showed in your headlamp. 60 bucks, then the $20 for the battery charger, and then the 20 bucks for the battery. I think it ended up being about $100 to get this whole thing, to get the battery, a charger, and the EGTAX. I fully recommend this. Why? Because the biggest pro right here, it is an HI-CRI LED bulb, which means it's high color rate index, and it gives a really good color to the natural environment you're pointing it at. It doesn't send a color cast on objects. It brings out the color of the object that you're lighting. If I had a choice, I wouldn't go for anything else because I like keeping the natural colors of the environment. Yeah, it's uh, Young Yu. Um, YN300 Air. It's marketed as a pro LED video light, but we're gonna use it on a tripod. You can take this thing off and uh, hook it up to all kinds of different things because it's got a hot shoe with a screw on it. And so um, it's got a GoPro style mount, yeah, it does. which is kind of interesting. I think they did <laughs> that to save space somewhere, but, um, but it takes a standard Sony FN style battery and so that just slides and clicks right in there the downside is this light doesn't come with the battery just like your flashlight didn't yeah. come with the battery so you've got to buy that extra it's going to be a little bit more if you don't already have one 
but it does take a standard 12 volt um, input that I easily found amongst my, you know, junk pile that could fit in there for home, for home or studio use. The thing I also like about this is it's got a little display, LED display, the battery's dead right now, I'd show you. Um, you can t fine tune and coarse tune the brightness of 3200 or 5500K, Kelvin. So that's gonna be your color. It's got a blue LEDs and yellow LEDs that come in here and you can tweak them any way you want. Mm. All blue, all yellow, combination of both. And so you can get some really cool light balance there color-wise and some really bright bright light. So we're excited to use this in 2017 to light up canyon walls or big trees or some big area because this panel is bright. We yeah. plugged it in. The big positive between this versus light painting with a flashlight is this thing is something you got to do every time. When we did every goblin, Brendan was out there doing this on the every yeah, goblin, was every shot. Yeah. If we want to do a time lapse, we don't want to get out there every 20 seconds and light paint again and try and stay consistent. A constant light source like this allows you to do a time lapse in the location and it also helps you when you put it far away, you can go back to your camera and focus on your composition and not worry so much about light painting consistently every time. Yeah, and I can get a big bulky battery that's three times bigger than this and plug this thing in, it'll last all night long. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, let's go on to our Astros Photography lenses. Now I purchased this very first because I heard about it from everyone. This is the Rokinon. This guy is a 1.4 lens. It's got a seriously open aperture. The positives of this is that when you use this guy, the coma aberration you get in the corners where the vignetting happens, you don't have a stretch star. This is better quality than the Canon 16 to 35, better quality than other ones, even a little better than the Tamron, but I didn't do a side-by-side -side comparison. The big negative about this guy is that you're going to use it almost solely for astrophotography. Why? Because there aren't any autofocus features on manual. this. Everything's manual. It doesn't communicate with your camera. You can't change the f-stop. You got to change the f-stop up here by tweaking it manually. It's not awesome for landscape. So it ends up becoming a one-trick pony and it's not expensive. So that's another pro about it is that it's not expensive. It's a pretty cheap lens. If you're looking for a good entry-level lens to get into astrophotography, get a Rokinon 14 millimeter or 24 millimeter, absolutely awesome. I went out and found an old 17 to 35, which I rolled with for most of the year yeah, in 2016. almost all year long. And uh, this guy doesn't, I mean, look, it's like the same size as this thing, you know? This is an f2.8. So you see this. Yeah, so you can see, look, the, the lens front element, it's almost twice as big. So he's letting in a lot more light, a whole stop more of light. And then this is a 24 millimeter, and this thing goes up to 17. And the difference was huge when I first started yeah. using it. This has been a sweet lens. This is discontinued. You can still find old ones kicking around on eBay and Amazon. Big negative for this one, let's just say it, it has terrible coma aberration in it the does. corners. It does, so if you don't mind that, but they've definitely made it better with the new 16 to 35, yeah. um, especially in version three that just came out. But the positive of this is that it has ultrasonic autofocus. It's got uh, direct communication to the camera. And uh, so autofocus and, uh, and the aperture and all that stuff electronically works like a champ in my 5D. Um, it's an L glass, so the glass quality is really good. And the center of the image is really sharp and bright and, uh, and it's been nice to work with. Even though my camera, this particular lens has fungus, uh, I still got some amazing shots throughout the year at a nice discount. And uh, then we moved on to our next lens, which we're gonna talk about. The Beast. Not hiker friendly, obvious con, but 
when you want to show off your camera or look legit, putting this on the end of your camera makes you feel really legit very fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what we're talking about is a Tamron 15 to 30. So it goes even wider than the 17. And this thing is a beast. The big positive of going with this over using my Rokinon for astrophotography is that it is a zoom lens. It goes all the way out to 15 millimeter. So I have a lot more space available for me to use. The other lens I wanted was the Rokinon 14 millimeter, but this guy gave me all the way to 15. So it kind of gives me the best of both worlds of 24 to 15. Plus I could even go in Titan 30 if there's any reason to do so. Because this communicates so well with my camera, this guy is a brilliant landscape photographer lens and I use it for that purpose all the time. In fact, these days I go out with just this lens. Because the coma aberration is really nice, it doesn't have that bad of a tear, these look better, but this is still a high performing quality lens that it doesn't have any negative for it. I'm starting to use just this and go out to use it for everything. Yeah, because it's an f2.8, it's yeah. nice and fast. And you've got autofocus, you've got vibration control if you need to. One thing you want to remember is if vibration control, you want that turned off if oh, you're doing yeah. a time lapse. I made the error of leaving it on. So the pros of this are pretty good. You know, we love the image quality comes out of these. They make you look totally legit as a photographer we take them out. Got a great sunburst. All the lines of the sun is awesome at a high aperture. Yeah, yeah. So your image quality, you're going to love the images coming out of this thing. The con is the weight. This thing weighs a ton. It weighs easily twice as much as this little guy for the same amount of range and the same f-stop i mean it's amazing to see the difference so i'm i was seriously considering keeping this because it weighed so little and just taking out with me for longer hikes and stuff but alas i'm probably not i'm probably gonna end up selling this. and i feel like i need a 16 to 35 just because that's smaller lighter and well the lens hood's permanent on this guy. The lens hood doesn't allow me to put any filters. I can't use any screw-on filters. I only use expensive Nissi-like filters that are gonna put a big rectangle square in front of my lens to cover it. It's just so wide angle, it needs a very specific hood. It needs a very specific filter set to go on here and it's limited me completely because I can't use a polarizing filter on this like I would like to use more. So it is a negative of having no chance of using filters, but if I use it for astrophotography, I never need filters. So it's still a great astrophotography lens with a little bit of a compromise when it comes to landscape photography. Yeah. So the next big thing we used this year was our cameras, of course, themselves. <clears throat> uh, I got a 5D Mark III at the beginning of the year, um, and I've been it's used, but it's been great. It's a solid performer. These things are built like tanks. Um, I've got on mine a battery grip and my L, L bracket from Sunway Photo. I love that your L bracket actually allows the battery grip to be on there. That, that's the brilliant. Yeah, thing. this was a bit more, almost twice as much <laughs> yeah. to buy the extra L, the bigger L bracket. So the nice thing about this bigger L bracket, just for a minute, is, is you can take your battery pack right out, slide it back in, L bracket stays on, no problem. Nice. So um, we switched over to Arca Swiss from our Manfrotto mounts from before, just because we wanted to use these L brackets. They've been super convenient. We can easily flip them back and forth. But as far as the camera itself, the 5D Mark III has been stellar. Um, the thing I love about this camera is the flexibility. I've got Magic Lantern loaded on most of my cards and I can easily modify everything. This camera was like a Magic Lantern monster, basically. <laughs> um, the inputs and outputs are great. They're pro level if I want to do some video, easy to tap into. Um, the cons is that, you know, it's outdated. 
it's an old body and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a newer one. And, uh, but other than that, I mean, it's been a fantastic camera system. Yeah, I started out this year with a Canon 70D. I've recently sold that and purchased the camera that's recording this video right now, the Canon 60. The 60 is fantastic in low light. I can run these two lenses at a high ISO really, really well. I, I love the fact that I can run it at 5400 ISO and not have much noise. It's a very well-performing camera in low light. It's a versatile landscape camera. I love that it has Wi-Fi, it has GPS, it has some of the features that the 5D Mark IV comes with is on the 6D. And so if you're not looking to spend $3,500 right now and get into the full frame market, start off with the Canon 6D. All the lenses you purchase will work for your Canon 5D Mark IV when you purchase it, and you'll have a second body that's an awesome camera. I love the 6D. It's perfect for astrophotography. It's fantastic. That's our basic wrap up. That's our, the, the- Wait, wait. You know, the, oh wait, wait, sorry, sorry. We've got bags. I've got a talk about this bag. This is the Mindshift 180 and the awesome part about the Mindshift 180 is that it, while it's on my back, I don't have to take these straps off to get into my camera bag. All I got to do is reach down, pop this off, and then here comes the rest of my bag. Now in this case is where I hold my camera and this this is the positive of, this is absolutely the pro for having a Mindshift 180. It's also the negative. It's a little bit cheaper than the more expensive one that has more space, but it doesn't have tons more space. Look inside this compartment. Uh, it's the most disappointing part of this bag because when you've got this lens and you're gonna jam it in here, then you got the body you put in here and then you've got a little bit of space for some extra batteries and stuff, that's it. You can put some things in this flap, but it's not fantastic for it. And so I find myself wishing it had a lot more space and compartment. I would love to have the Tamron attached to the camera body and put in this direction where I just pop it out and go, pop it out and go, but it doesn't do that. It would stick out above here this far and it's just not gonna work. There's no space for a really much more than a 50 millimeter lens. I don't even bring my Rokin on thanks to this bag being so small, but since this bag is for hiking, I'm trying to minimize things anyway, so it's okay. This bigger part of the bag is awesome. There's lots of space, love this guy. In here, I can work with it. I can put another compartment box in here that has all those little sections that I can make with the Velcro thingies. And then I can put more lenses in that. So once I get to my campsite, I can then move some things around and use it as a day pack only, fanny pack day pack. Mm -hmm. Or I can take everything I want with me and switch it out when I'm in the location. So I love the back here. This is a sleeve that you can put your back, your, your laptop. It's curved and bowed a little bit. So if your laptop is a very light air book you might bend it a little bit but because of this arch back here it stays clear of your back you have nice ventilation it's not going to kill you sweating and another feature you don't realize you're using a backpack and you want to get into it office it opens up here and flips out this direction and then you've got this awkward thing where the compartment you're trying to open up into is now floating above your bag and it's kind of a loose feature here it opens up towards you so then you can actually get in the bag and get into this pocket at the same time you don't have this one or the other thing or if you're hanging it up against a wall or leaning it up against a tree you can get access to the bag you're trying to get into at the same time instead of it leaning up against a tree and flopping down on you over and over again
So I recommend this bag, love it. The side pocket works for my tripod. I can also pull this tab out, which is tucked down underneath here and use it for my tripod and hold it on the outside of my bag. Putting this guy back inside and then closing this flap is instant with a magnet. I mean, it doesn't take any effort at all. Right here in the bag, this is the clip that holds this in place and it's just an instant little magnet. It just clicks in there, it's, it's really, Brilliant design. So where you think you're gonna fuss with it a little bit to try and get it back together, no, nah, it just snaps right in. It's awesome. Love the Mindshift 180. What I use as my camera bag, as my main camera bag, when I'm not really going on intense hiking, is the standard Canon bag. As you can see, it's compartmentalized. I've got a big spot here where the camera sits on top, that. just pops right in. And, you know, I've got spots for lenses to go, all my gears in here, I just pop the stuff in there. And, uh, you know, zip it up and go. It's got some inside compartments that are, you know, net compartments for things like flashcards and hoods and stuff. It's got uh, another medium size in the back here that I put extra accessories in, and then a top zip. Most for of our other stuff. cars go in water. Yeah, packs. and then we've got extra stuff for water bottles and stuff like that. Got some side compartments, and that's it. Pretty basic, but it holds all my stuff, and it weighs a ton when it's loaded up with all my glass. But um, I've been trying to refine myself to pulling out lenses that I don't need when we go out because, uh, you know, they just add extra weight. But I, I just, I can take this bag and have most of my stuff in it all the time. I can just throw this in the back of the car and then bring my bigger hiking bag with me with other stuff in it or lighter stuff in it. And then I can just pick and choose when I want to go on a, yeah. when I want to go out hiking, then I can throw my stuff into my hiking bag and leave this you know, with as my main compartment. So These guys, we recommend purchasing all of these. I think the only thing that I would hesitate on is owning a Tamron and a Rokinon. So mm. if you've got the Tamron 15 to 30, stick with that. Don't use any money on this. If you're gonna have a 16 to 35 Canon lens that you want for landscape photography, definitely get a Rokinon because it'll be your astrophotography lens that gives you a best clean look and you're not gonna be dealing with all that stuff. So thanks guys for watching. Thanks for watching all the other videos that we've had. Enjoy your new year and we'll see you guys more every week on a Photog adventure in 2017. Hey guys, happy new year. See, see you later. Up. Hey guys, we're done with the video side of the podcast and we're back to just the podcast. Instead of moving all of our equipment back in and getting to our other mics, we're just going to end it real quick using lapel mic of Brendan because mine on this Zoom, I filled up the card. 44 minutes have passed. How big is your card? It's, an, it's two gigs, so it gave me 44 oh. minutes. And unfortunately, we all the cuts that we did, we went 44 minutes long. Four gig card would be better next time. <laughs> Definitely get that. So I was asking Brendan, what are the items? Let's just summarize real quickly. What was your favorite item you purchased this year? And what's your least favorite item that you purchased and you just wouldn't recommend anyone else? Oh, man, that's hard to say. Um, most of the things I bought this year have actually been really good purchases. Like I've, I've intently researched them and then I specifically looked for the thing that I wanted because it's going to help us do this thing or that or the other you know yeah. and so um my lens by far is probably my biggest good purchase which one my my Tamron 15 to 30 15 to 30 um I'm excited to use that a lot more this year it's heavy but I'm excited because the image quality is pretty fantastic I might not recommend my gearhead just because it's so heavy there's another one that's smaller and lighter. It's more plasticky, but I think it's not quite as durable, but pretty close. Hmm. And because of the lightweight, you know, ness of it, I think it'd be a better recommendation. 
Gotcha. So what I would definitely recommend everyone is get a Canon 6D. I mean, if you were thinking about a full-frame camera and you wanted a nice entry-level cost of 1000 to 1200 for a brand-new body, Canon 60 is fantastic. If you go Nikon, you're more focused on Nikon. The 610 and the 750 both have good low light quality performance. The 750 especially. The 750 might even outperform the Canon 60 in some tests. I've seen some mm. comparisons side by side, and they're very competitive. So if you're looking for Nikon, get those two cameras. Those are great recommendations for entry-level stuff. What I would definitely not buy again, I made the mistake of purchasing a bunch of filters that I thought I was going to use. They're screw-on filters. I ended up switching to the Canon or switching to the Tamron, and that doesn't have a screw-on filter anymore. Plus, yeah. they were cheap. I thought that that was a brilliant thing that they weren't so expensive, but they, they suck. They really do suck. And so, if you're going to buy filters, you want to pay pay the high amount that's out there. Get the quality filters. I'm going to be getting those next year, and I wouldn't recommend buying any of the cheap ones. Yeah, I did the same thing, I guess. So that's one thing I definitely would recommend is I bought the cheap Chinese plastic filter yeah, set from exactly. eBay or Amazon. You can get it for like 15, 20 bucks. And you're like, oh, gradient filters and ND filters for 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get them home and you're just like, oh, these are really crappy. And they scratch easily. <laughs> oh, and, you know, that. Yeah. so yeah. Yeah. So not the best things. You want to get glass and that's expensive. So, you know, unless you're really doing more professional level things i wouldn't even recommend filters you can do a lot of that stuff in post so i wouldn't spend another 200 dollars plus you know just to get a filter system on your camera so to the point where now we might want those things because we found a couple of situations polarizing filter yeah so we've run into a couple of situations this last year where we know that a filter would be way easier to use in field versus editing post for the average guy starting out don't worry about it you know spend a couple years exploring your your camera and your post processing and stuff like that and um, if you're not doing it as intense as us then you don't need to really, really worry about it so thanks guys for following along with us today we had gear time all day and we had tip of the week with every piece of gear so we are covered there and we are just grateful to have you guys with us in 2016 and we're excited to continue doing this throughout 2017 so yeah guys thanks for listening thank you so much enjoy your new year and see you in a week Woohoo!